TCU basketball gets their swagger back, and TCU baseball, almost a perfect weekend. Not a great day on Sunday, but beat two top 10 teams this weekend. We'll talk about it all on that. All next, excuse me, on Locked on Horn Frogs. You are Locked on Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Locked On Horn Frogs. You can subscribe on YouTube. If you see uh, sewing equipment behind me, I am. Uh, we're spending some time with our my in-laws this weekend, and so recording this early Monday morning before we leave. Um, so in a different location, lighting's a little off, but hey, wanted to get some content out for you guys after a busy weekend of TCU Athletics. Um, we'll talk some TCU basketball here in a second, TCU baseball, and then TCU men's tennis going to play for a national championship at the ITA indoor national championships, uh, this afternoon, all that coming up. But first let's discuss TCU basketball. Uh, frogs get a win over Oklahoma state 100 to 75. That's right. TCU puts up a hundred points. Mike miles and Eddie Lampkin, both back on the court. Mike Miles really played well. Um, not his best scoring effort. I mean, it wasn't like he let up the scoring sheet, but still ended up with 15 points. Um, had a really good day. Four of eight from the field, one of two from three. Got to the line a lot. Six of nine from the free throw line. Um, Damian Ball actually led the way scoring with 16 points, but it was a really balanced effort by the Frogs. Shahade Wells had 15. Ooh, excuse me, Emmanuel Miller actually had 18. So, um, E-Man had the, the most points for the Frogs. But a really balanced scoring effort. Everybody got involved. It was the best Emmanuel Miller looked in a long time. It was the best this offense had looked in a long time. And I, I think it's pretty key what this team wants to do. They want to get out and run. And so when when Mike's out there and they have the ability to kind of mix and match guards a little bit more, um, get guys handling the ball more, spread the ball around, <clears throat> then it's easier to do that. They want to go fast. They want to get to the rim. And you saw TCU at its, you know, kind of peak um, ability on Saturday afternoon after kind of trading buckets back and forth with Oklahoma State for the first 10 minutes of the game. They just went on a run and never looked back. I thought the defense was better. I thought overall the effort was just better. I think you saw a team that had been waiting for this, um, this being the team at full strength again for a long time. And finally got that going again with Mike Miles back, with Eddie Lampkin back, and was playing at their full potential. So, um, you know, maybe I was just totally wrong about this. I was really concerned after that Iowa State game that they just wouldn't be able to flip the switch and totally recreate, you know, this basketball team, even when fully healthy. They did look great against Oklahoma State. Big game coming tonight against Kansas, 8 o'clock tip, big Monday. I assume it's going to be a great atmosphere. Um, at Shellmeyer Arena. Hope the student section comes out and shows out. They've been doing that all year. They've been um, a great boost for this team. This team's played really well at home. Um, Kansas never gets swept in the regular season by anybody. They're coming off a big win against Baylor at home that puts them in Texas at the moment in the driver's seat for the Big 12 championship. Uh, but huge opportunity. We saw TCU last year. It, it was sort of the start of their run was beating KU at home. Um, they waxed Kansas uh, on the road earlier this year. I'm sure Bill Self and company remember that and remember that well and want to get some revenge tonight. But again, it's all about getting out and running, um, making things happen. I understand what people say when 
they they think that TCU is just a terrifying matchup. There's a lot of national analysts. My, my friend Josh Neighbors locked on Big 12 has talked about, listen, this team in the tournament is not a team you want to see because they have so much athleticism. They can score in bunches. They play good defense. They play with high energy, high effort. And so especially on a, on a one-day turnaround, I, I think it's the type of team that a lot of teams around the country don't want to see when they're at full strength and when they're clicking. Um, I would just like to see some more consistency down the stretch here. And they'll have an opportunity to do that now over these last, uh, I guess you got four games left in conference play and then the Big 12 tournament. They'll have the chance to build up that consistency to show everybody, you know, that they can do this on a, on a night in and night out basis. I would just say we haven't seen it all year. I think we started to see it happen. And then Mike went down with an injury. I do want to address something, though, because, you know, I was pretty negative coming off the Iowa State game. And then there were some comments that were made um, on YouTube that I want to discuss um, because you guys had some thoughts about Jamie Dixon. And so uh, let's see here. Zoom play said, I think it's time for a head coaching change. Um, and uh, Brian Caper said, I really thought Jamie was taking us to the top of the mountain, but his early success was from Trent Johnson's players. And ever since it's been a roller coaster with transfers coming in and out Um and Bain and Miles, besides Bain and Miles, virtually no high school kids sticking on the team. He thinks they need to start new with uh, new basketball coaches and a new era in TCU basketball. And so I wanted to address that because I, a couple of years ago, I was a, a pretty big critic of Jamie Dixon. Coming off that 2020 COVID season, they didn't make the tournament. It was the second year in a row. Um, they are a really bad basketball team. And I said I thought it was time to move on. And then they – you know, got all these transfers in um, and really changed over the whole roster. And then last year was sort of a roller coaster, but they ended up making the tournament. They win a game. They took Arizona to the wire. And now this season, it looks like they're on their way to making another tournament appearance. I don't know how far they'll go. I think they have the potential to, uh, you know, make a run. I think if they don't make it to the second weekend, that would be disappointing. I, I disagree with you guys. I don't think it's time to start anew with a new era with a new coach. Um, now, I will say this. I feel like, Brian, you make a really good point. And Zoom play, you were more concise in what you're saying. I'm sure you're thinking about this too. the The big criticism I have of Jamie is the the high school recruiting has basically been non-existent. Now, they did go get PJ Haggerty last year; he was a highly touted guy, um, and he's basically redshirting this season. I think he'll be a factor next year. Uh, I believe their 2023 class is ranked ninth in the Big Twelve. I probably should look at that before I just start spouting off, but I believe that's where they are. Um, they're ninth in the Big 12 currently with, you know, not a ton of time before those guys end up end up signing. Um, so I imagine what they're going to do is, yeah, they have two players that have signed, Jace Posey and Isaiah Manning, and they're 50th in the country, ninth in the Big 12. So I imagine what they're going to do is they're going to hit the portal hard again this offseason because they're going to be losing – you know, they'll lose Mike Miles. I assume they're going to lose Damian Ball. We'll see what happens with guys like Eddie Lampkin, Emmanuel Miller, Xavier Cork. Um, it'll depend on what their pro prospects are. But you're going to lose a, a large portion of this roster. Chuck O'Bannon's not going to have any more eligibility after this season. Um, th there's going to be some turnover here. And my guess is they're going to go on the portal again. And that's a that's certainly a way to, to build your roster. Like, that's not an uncommon thing in 2023 in, in – um, college basketball i understand the history of tcu basketball and how much better jamie has done than anybody else i think he's the best coach in the in 
the program's history. I mean, I guess you could argue Billy Tubbs, but you know, Jamie's done some things here that that people really haven't been able to do, especially in the modern era. In 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 a conference in the Big Twelve, that's just an absolute buzzsaw. Um, so one, I would say, I, I'm just not sure who you're going to go get that's going to be great. But I mean, listen, there's always great coaches out there and um, young guy, young guys at, at different levels of of basketball that could come in and do a good job. Uh, but yeah, they do need to address the high school recruiting. So I'm not sure what the answer is there. I think if you know if you talk to them, they would say the answer is they're going to try to uh, mix and match in the portal and hope that the the teams mesh together really well. Of course, the risk you run there is then you're having to you know revamp chemistry and, and all those things every single year. But they did it well a few years ago, and the core group that they brought in has been successful. I mean, it remains to be seen what they'll do this year, but so far it's been a really successful uh, group from top to bottom. So I did want to address that quickly, but I, I'm, I'm not in that camp. I think Jamie has, I was, I was there in 20, after the 2020 season, I've turned things around um, since then. And, and Dixon's turned things around since then. And I think they're set up to close strong here, but they have to actually do it. So we'll see what they do against Kansas tonight. And then moving forward throughout the rest of the big 12 schedule. When we come back, TCU baseball kicked off their season really impressive on Friday and Saturday. Sunday was disappointing, but still two and one over the weekend. We'll talk about it next. Before we do that, though, I do want to mention FanDuel. FanDuel is the official sports book of the NBA. Um, did you watch the NBA All Star game this weekend? I know a lot of people were upset. I didn't watch, I, I was tuned in TCU baseball. I didn't watch as much of it as usual. I'm usually like, okay, with the NBA All-Star game, I know what it is. Like, there's not going to be any defense played, right? Um, guys are just going to kind of get what they want. But, uh, yeah, folks are folks get really upset about the lack of competitiveness in the All-Star game. I don't totally understand that. Mac McClung, former Tech uh, basketball player, winning the dunk contest. That was pretty incredible. Did not realize he had that kind of bounce coming off the floor. Um, if you want to get involved with prop bets in, in, in the NBA or just the you know, straight money line bets, you should use FanDuel. Uh, they have a great app that is safe, easy, and secure and you know, super easy to navigate and super easy to use. They also have a promotion going on right now. New customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, you just have to download the FanDuel Sportsbook app or you can go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make a bet as small as $5 and you can get up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel. They are the official betting partner, excuse me, of the National Basketball Association. Okay, it is Locked on Horn Frogs. I'm Steven Zimcox, your host, uh, TCU Baseball. They kicked off their season this weekend, and there was a lot of good, um, and there were some things really just on Sunday that were disappointing, but overall, the Frogs go 2-1. and one. They beat Vanderbilt in Arkansas, beat Vandy on Friday, beat Arkansas on Saturday, and then they uh, dropped an extra inning affair to Mizzou on Sunday. So Vandy and Arkansas were top 10 teams coming into the season. Frogs win that game over Vanderbilt 11-4 to um, on Friday night. They win... Uh, 18 to six on Saturday, really impressive effort from that lineup. And overall, I would say the biggest positive from this team to start the year 
was this lineup looks like an absolute meat grinder. I mean, even in that loss against Mizzou, they still scored eight runs, and, and that was with the offense kind of going to sleep for four or five innings in the middle of the game. Um, Austin Davis, a West Virginia transfer, who's leading off for this team, uh, he was fantastic. A lot of speed, also showed some pop, hit a home run, had another extra base hit, had a double on Sunday. When he would get on, it was almost automatic that he was going to swipe a base. Um, he, him combined with Elijah Nunez uh, at the top of that lineup, that's going to be something special. That's going to put a lot of pressure on defenses. And both those guys had huge hits this weekend as well. Elijah had a three-run double against Vandy on Friday that gave TCU the lead for good. Um, the, those top two, they're going to get on base a lot. And that leads to Braden Taylor, uh, who was fantastic at the plate. He had a home run in game one against Vandy, uh, really hit the ball well. Braden's doing great. Curtis Burns struggled a little bit. David Bishop had a good weekend there. He started out the year, fit, you know, really hot last season, kind of leveled off as the year went on. But um, I think one through five especially, this is a group that can get, thing done, get things done. And then the bottom of that order, uh, Trey Richardson, the Baylor transfer, not, not a great day on Sunday, but hit the ball really well on Friday and Saturday against Vanderbilt and Arkansas. You know, had some huge hits. Anthony Silva had some nice at-bats, not really showing up in the stat sheet yet, but the freshman who started at shortstop I think did a good job there. Um, and so with, with Richardson, with Boyers, with Silva, I feel like hopefully this is a deeper lineup. Last season you saw the bottom of that lineup, especially that nine hole, it was, it was really tough for the Frogs to produce runs. But I think one through nine, they're a lot better this year. Um, you saw them just mash against Arkansas. One thing I noticed, too, with T.J. Bruce, you know, with with uh, Coach Mosiello for such a long time, very patient approach at the plate, um, really trying to work walks, really trying to grind the bats out. I saw a lot more aggressiveness. Now, it's only three games, but I saw a lot more swinging the first pitch, you know, swinging in hitters counts, not really forcing – pitchers as much um or i'm probably saying that wrong not not necessarily trying to get up there and, and work a walker or, or work the pitch count up um a more aggressive approach more aggressive approach on the base pass stealing a lot of bases so that's fun to see obviously you have to execute it well but i, I like where that's heading um my big concern coming out from this weekend is the pitching staff. Now, Ryan Vanderhei on Friday looked really good. He didn't go deep in the game, um, but he did pitch five innings. Uh, he gave up three earned runs, had three strikeouts. Um, you know, you, you saw the electric stuff. Only gave up two hits. You know, one of those runs that Vandy got, it was like hit by pitch. Guy stole a base, got over to third on the ground out, sack fly. Like Vanderbilt had to manufacture runs. Um, he missed a lot of barrels. He didn't get hit hard on the day. And he, you know, he had some strikeouts. He looked good. I, I saw the potential that they've been talking about with him. He does have electric stuff and seems to kind of know what he wants to do on the mound and was working quickly. Um, so overall, I think that was a positive, even though, you know, he got to go deeper in the game. Hopefully that comes with time. Cam Brown had a rough start. Um, only an inning and two-thirds, gave up four earned, gave up a three-run home run in the first after TCU got out to a 3 nothing lead. And then immediately, I think he gave up another bomb in the second inning. So just getting hit hard, um, not his best day. You know, and Cam struggled at times last year, really seemed to come into his own later in the season, but not a great, not a great effort for him on Saturday. It's one start, right? You can bounce back, but, you know, again, just not what you wanted to see to start the season. 
from him. And then against Mizzou, um, Sam Strautenberg got the start. He was a transfer from Cal. Went four innings, gave up two earned, um, struck out seven. So, I mean, missed a lot of bats. But when when there was contact, guys were hitting the ball hard and, and moving around on them. The bullpen struggled on Sunday. It was ECU had a 6-2 to two lead and then slowly just kind of gave that up. Offense struggled. Um, and defensively, five errors. Five errors on Sunday, excuse me. And that's just not going to make it work. They played sloppy. Uh, and, and, you know, that was something they saw last year. I don't really know what's going on. But the focus just wasn't there against you know, the teams they should beat. Coming into the weekend, Mizzou should be a team that you feel like you're going to get victory against. But you beat Mandy, you beat Arkansas, and then it was like the focus just wasn't there. So defensively, struggled. Lineup was really good. Um, starting pitching left some to be desired. Now, the bullpen on Friday Saturday was solid. Uh, Luke Savage pitched a great game on Saturday. Uh, he came in in relief and, and was really solid. Um, and uh, Cole Klecker went four and a third. True freshman only gave up an earned run against Arkansas. Ben Albert went two innings, didn't give up any earned runs against Arkansas. Justin Hackett closed it out. So looked good at times, and there were some freshman pitchers, some freshman arms that threw the ball really well. Just Sunday was kind of a mess. Hopefully it was just a bad day at the office. You win two out of three. That's what you want to do in baseball. That's a recipe for success. So overall, I'm encouraged about what TCU baseball did. Just wish they could have stuck the landing on Sunday night against the Tigers. When we come back, we'll wrap things up. This is Locked on Horn Frogs, your team every day. All right, so this week we'll have a lot of baseball and basketball talk. We'll also dip into football from time to time. Um, at noon today, TCU Tennis, men's tennis, is going for another indoor national championship. They won the ITA indoor tournament last year, trying to do it again this year. It's a 16-team tournament. They beat Baylor to start it off, and then uh, they took down Georgia. Got some revenge for that national championship game. Not really, but we'll take it. Uh, beat Georgia, got a victory over Kentucky, in the semifinal yesterday, and today they'll take on Texas. So another Big 12 opponent, familiar opponent in the Horns. Again, that's at noon, trying to defend their indoor national title. David Rodini and company have done a great job. They're undefeated so far this year. They'll try to keep it that way in that championship today. So check that out. We'll have a recap tomorrow. This is the Locked On Horn Frogs. Again, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Steven Simcox, and it's your team every day.